Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Episode 142, you're listening to The Sportive, it's me, Poochie, I'm with John, hi John. Do people know that your name's actually Brandon, not Poochie? I don't know, I'm not sure. I don't know. It's Brandon, Do but... people know where Poochie comes from? Yeah. Let's do a little background of Poochie for our listeners that might be less than 30 years old. Oof, do we have those? There's gotta be at least one. There's a few, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true, we do have the millennials love us. All right, Brandon, explain why you call yourself Poochie. I don't even know if I call myself Poochie. It's uh, it's the character from The Simpsons who was always the the guy who'd like roll in on his skateboard and played like the young, um, uh, mean to his hat elders, back. hat backwards or sideways, backwards. chewing gum. Would it, be fair to, would it be fair to say that Poochie appeared in exactly one episode of The Simpsons? Yes. He was introduced by a network, um, you know, marketers to network interference to, in the yeah, itchy and scratchy show uh, right yeah oh man it's all coming back to me now i don't know like somebody cousin oliver on the brady bunch basically yeah yeah i don't know i think somebody called me poochie and it that's sort of what i was I mean, the role i play once in a while i almost. think i i think that was that was me and i apologize for that no it's fine i i'm i'm happy to play that part it's it's you know it's it's a bit it's a character everybody has their role Yes, exactly, and that's the one I'll play to critical acclaim at times. Uh, also, here is Stu. Hi, Stu. Hey, guys. Uh, how's it going? His real name is Steve. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've also got Clarence. Hi, Clarence. If you are Poochie from The Simpsons, then I am Millhouse's dad. <laughs> you are uh, Kirk Van Houten. Yes. Oof. We joke, but you're I borrow a feeling. But uh, Clarence's real name, as everybody knows, is R.T. Ryback. Um, <laughs> uh, strong <laughs> power forward for the Minnesota Lynx. Sure. Uh, so I would say it's been about 48 hours since darkness, wa- dark- darkness washed over the dude. Uh, it's, a, it's a sad time right now. But it sounds like you guys are hopefully... Uh, 
on the mend, getting better. I want to start with Stu. How was the uh, game experience, Stuart? The Vikings, um, just for, for <laughs> I know this is going to be entered into the Library of Congress. I want to give a little bit of context. This was the playoff game where the Vikings lost 10 9 to Seattle on a 27 yard missed field goal by Blair Walsh, who, if you're listening to this in the future, I'm sure has uh, um, offed himself pretty quickly here. So it's pretty sad. Um, uh, as you recall, last, uh, last sportive when I said you could not pay me to go to the game immediately. <laughs> you said no <laughs> one a fraud. Such a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> a buddy of mine um, hadn't seen in a while. Him and his wife are going. They had spare tickets through his work, and they're very, very nice tickets. The the face value on the ticket is 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 more than um, what the TV I just bought cost. So it was uh, <laughs> it's it's really nice. Was this because but, he heard you on the podcast? No, no, he just was completely out of the blue. He just asked me what I was doing for the game on Sunday. I said I was going to be screaming at my new television. And um, he said, well, if you want to go to the game, um, I know the forecast is shitty, but the seats are really good. There's a heat lamp, and it's free booze and free food. Oh, my Dang. God. So, yeah, that was the free booze and food was great. The heater, the heater, the heat lamp was a very was the selling point. So let's so. start at the beginning. Did, uh, what time did you tailgate at all before the game? No, no, traffic was pretty messy there. People who complain about getting into the stadium weren't weren't wrong. So okay. we got there, I want to say, we got into our seats about midway through the first Vikings drive. Oh, wow, okay. and uh, uh, Probably about 12 minutes left in the first quarter. So was it a suite or just a... It's called the loge section, the loge section. It's basically like box seats in a uh, at a baseball stadium. There's like four loge. enclosed. Yeah. You Is that a word I... Lo- I don't like, know what it's. Means. I don't. It's because there's an overhang. I think like Clarence. like the word mezzanine. It exists nowhere except in the terms of stadium design. <laughs> Correct. Loge. L o g e. Loge. I believe there was a Gopher Center with that name, but it, he pronounced it Logie. But I could be wrong. About From that. Morris, Minnesota. Oh, uh, there we go. Yep. Wow. Um, Once absolutely got shut down by the Ortonville High School defense in Ortonville, which oh. is when I knew that Kevin Logie was not going to be the next Gopher Superstar. Now shut down by a bunch of six-foot-two guys who couldn't jump. Yeah, but they were Ortonville, so they all, they all had socks filled with nickels and just beat the shit out of people. In the <laughs> wishing made it so. <laughs> okay, so, but how was the, how, what, I'm guessing the heat lamp saved you? Um, it really didn't have much of an impact. It was too far away from where we were actually sitting, so and we were in oh, the shaded part of the too. stadium. So it was it was cold. Mm-hmm. But and I, I know I mentioned this on Twitter, but I had three beers at the game, and I, I never finished a one of them because they kept freezing before I could get to the bottom of them. That's incredible. Um, yeah, it was two twelve ounce uh, cans of Summit um, Saga, which I know you guys are fans of. That's got some ABV to it. Uh, it, does, it does, it does, and, and then, oh. then, then a pounder of um, uh, Grain Belt Northeast because they, they were running out of beer, <laughs> and, huh. and, and they were bringing. And uh, this was confirmed for me by somebody else. They were bringing warm beers out to the people who are sitting outside because they were cooling off quick enough to where they could do that. So, well, yeah. So yeah, it was. It was. They. They. Uh, I know they talked about it on the broadcast. They were not kidding. It was really goddamn cold. By yeah. about the third quarter, you kind of got used to it. We walked, you know, walked around and you know, did the you know, making sure everyone was moving and all that shit. So, and the actual game experience was fine. Um, not that many. It was really loud, by the way. That, that was going to be my give, first question. 
Yeah, it was super loud. So I'll give the fans from both teams credit. There's a fair amount of Seahawk stragglers in our section, or just roughly by us. And, but there was no, not too much meat-headed behavior, which is nice. There was, you know, a couple of the Seahawks fans got the, you know, CC Hawks, Hawks thing going. And, you know, the response was, fuck, fuck, you, you. But mm-hmm. that was more good-natured ribbing than, you know, going to a knife fight type of type of sitch, so... That's incredible. And, um, it had to be the cold because it, as far as what yeah. I remember about NFL games, it's like Lord of the Flies. Yeah, I think it's more. Yeah, I, I, I can't speak for how the tailgate lots were, but uh, it was just so goddamn cold. I don't I think any actual shoving or pushing was too much effort. So, so, uh, so. explain the reaction around you guys from the kick going wide left immediately and then t- through when you got exited and got to your car. Like, what was that? How was that um, scene? Just a lot of what the fuck, and he missed that. And we were we were on the other, uh, we were on about the ten yard line on the other side of the field, so we didn't really see any. We so the cheering started, and so we thought, you know, naturally assumed, oh, okay, can they keep him, you know, from getting a field goal in twenty six seconds? And then we noticed that the refs were, you know, doing the no good signal, and the Seahawks were just going crazy. So, um, I was just disbelief. Um, and then just, oh, well, that's, there's another, uh, there's another thing that happened to the Minnesota Vikings. Right. Long list. It's a long list. Um, I mean, I'm pretty much already over it, but it was, uh, at the time I was like, ah, Jesus Christ, we just stood here in the cold for three hours and that's how it ended. I know that definitely adds to the, to the, um, insult injury sort of feel of it. Yeah. More so, I, I really did think that Seahawks. I mean, when they they did not convert on that uh, third down, I really did think the Seahawks were going to take the ball, get two passes down the field, get to like the thirty, and get a like forty eight yarder to win it. I I had no faith in them holding that lead if they made the field goal. So just right. they, they 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 disappointed me in a different way than I expected them to <laughs> yeah. disappoint. You were so you're just ready to hedge in another way. I was like, oh, that's unexpected. It's like like a, like a little twist, like in a like you see a, a noir film from the 40s, and now they have that formula. It's like, oh, oh, they made oh they made him a twin. Okay, <laughs> so it's just you know that's the little differences that you don't really expect. So right. So yeah, I just uh, I'm it was a I I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought it would, but I think. I have to be in the hoity-toity section for me to enjoy an NFL game live because I don't know that I would necessarily enjoy the the process somewhere else. But well, yeah, I mean, you, I, I may have misspoken, and maybe it's maybe it's a better experience than I thought, and I'm just you know overthinking it a little bit. Well, you've been to the mountaintop now; you can't come back with it's, the masses. We talked really about nice this: thing. the snobbery and taste only goes one direction. Mm-hmm. That's true. But, so uh, and then you took a picture of a guy just like slumped over on the side of the yeah. road. It looked like what? Yeah, he was on like one of those concrete barriers, and he was it was he was in a um an away Percy Harvin jersey, uh-huh. former Vikings and former Seahawk, and just had his head in his hands. I think he was waiting for his buddy, and I he was just you know he was he was he was emotional. Let's put it that way. He was not Jesus. not feeling too good. There was a. Most people were just, you know, like, what the fuck, or this is, you know, typical Vikings, nothing. But it wasn't like, you know, punching drywall type of anger. I think it's just we're so conditioned to them letting us down. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, well, you know, it's cold. I want to get home. Traffic's going to suck. It's just, 
I want to feel my toes again. Yeah. So. Was there uh, were there people like crying? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it wasn't you know not everybody. Like, I think that guy was like maybe he was the most emotional of the people that I saw. But there were definite like you know, and I mean you've seen the shots of the stadium after the game and just you know, it's uh it was it was just another just another day in the neighborhood. But yeah, I feel I'm, I'm over it. I'm actually I'm pretty fine. All things considered, considering I, uh, you had it the worst because um, you were there for it. I mean, that was I was there for it, and it was one of those things where I went two for two, two and two in my NFL picks this weekend. Uh, the two things that I know I talked about on the podcast last week, Houston and Washington, were my locks, and they both got wiped out. And the two teams that I picked only won because of a missed twenty-seven yard field goal and thirty yards in personal fouls. <laughs> I know. On the Cincinnati Bengals. Those are the only two picks I got right all week, and it was pure luck that I got them right. So not a, not a great football mind here you're dealing with, obviously. Well, that's... A, a, a sexual man, yes, but not a great quite. Yeah, that's where I was going to head with that. Uh, okay, good. John, are you still with us? I'm, I'm just watching Kevin Durant murder the Timberwolves, just like old times. Just enjoying it. Uh, I wanted to ask you, how was your reaction to it? You seemed not happy. Um, I don't know. This is the third time this fall that I've been ready to murder everyone in the entire world and just <laughs> go out in a haze of gunfire. <laughs> so you'd think I'd be tired of it by now, but I still managed to work up the, the same amount of hope that leads to blind, wild rage. What was the, this is the third one you mentioned? Yeah, the the other two were Minnesota losing to Michigan at football and the U.S. losing to Mexico at soccer. Okay, all right, all right. Um, yeah. So, how long did it take you? Are you are you over it yet? Are you uh, ready to talk? Granny, about you it? don't get over things like this. No, they just fester in your soul. <laughs> I mean, it's like asking, "Am I over the 1998 NFC Championship game?" No, I'm not. Well, I still think in my heart that Gary Anderson's field goal is going to go in because <laughs> it's going to. Oh boy, that's so, that's a uh, frightening point of view, John. Yeah, it's that's just the way it works. Huh. All right, and uh, and Clarence, you didn't you didn't even see the game, is that right? I did not. Not one second of it. Uh, I saw a. Uh... I came, my son had a hockey game that was at noon, so, you know, the first hour and a half of the game, I, w- I couldn't, I was disconnected from the universe, my phone was off, you know, I was on the bench, I didn't, I didn't hear or see any of it, then on the ride home, I listened to it on the radio, I got home, had a quick sandwich, watched maybe seven minutes of it, and then was back in the car and drove another hour to another sporting event. And uh, heard it, uh, heard the kick. I was kind of like maybe halfway between Zambroda and Pine Island. Ugh, worst. And, uh, you know, you're you're busy doing other stuff. I mean, you guys all have busy lives. You're you're busy doing other stuff. So you're kind of like, ah, fuck, that sucks. You know, but then you get to where you're going and you have to do your other obligations in your Mm -hmm. life and take your mind off things. And uh, later that night, you know, I'm, so we're driving, I'm driving home from that obligation, and they're doing, like, uh, analysis, some 
ESPN AM station out of who the fuck knows bumfuck Wisconsin is it, you know they're on ESPN Sunday night football whatever analysis not that who I don't even know who the coach was and they're analyzing the Seattle Carolina game or it just that part made me angry like that was the trigger from that should be the fucking Vikes game mm-hmm. they, they should they should be I was I was angrier then than I was when it actually happened. When it actually happened, I was kind of like, ah, oh, Jesus, I can't believe. One, I couldn't believe that I actually was right last from last week's <laughs> podcast. We, you know, we talked about our how we felt the game was going to go, and I said it felt like Walsh was going to miss a, a last, you know, miss at the last minute, and we're going to spend the off season wondering if Walsh is the guy. Blah blah blah. And then that actually happened, and my phone, you know, was buzzing and stuff as I'm driving. And I think I was my, that took my focus off what was actually happening. It was like, holy crap! Yeah. We actually guessed that. That was kind of no. Amazing. You actually guessed that, as I well, pointed out on a on a different podcast that Clarence Clarence Swamptown predicted how that Vikings game would end. And can't believe that actually happened. Yeah, but you're right. It, when you're living your life, it's hard to. It, you, you just naturally can't get as yeah. upset or as happy because you're just not committed to it. Oh yeah, when I no when, my kids, when my kids were younger, I never. I mean, I I knew what was going on in the world of sports of the fo- teams that I followed, but I was always you know drive in just like Clarence was. I'm well, got basketball, then I got to go to dance, and we gotta gotta get back to town. It's just you know go to a play. It's just there was always just something, and you just you just don't have the um, time committed to really emotionally invest yourself in the the sheer agony of John Marthal. <laughs> well, it just it was like I said it was after all my obligations were done and I'm kind of decompressing from the weekend. Okay. You know, everything is done. I did everything I needed to. I just got to get home. I got 30 more minutes to drive and it I don't even know who it was. It might have been Jimmy Johnson or something on the radio was talking about Billy Cundiff and and uh in the, in the next week's games and stuff, like that's when it really hit me that that's it. Season's they, over. They really fucked up. This is kind of something we're going to talk about for years and years. Yeah, he really fucked the dog. Mm-hmm. I think more than anything, what I wished is that the Vikings would have just lost very normally, like by two touchdowns, twenty-seven to thirteen. Would have I wish it was like a fifty-seven-yard field goal. Something that was at least yeah. reasonable to miss. Yeah, even the even a forty-seven yard field goal in that weather. Yeah, something reasonable at end of the stadium. It's like, why don't you flip really flop, difficult. make the twenty-seven, miss the difficult forty-eight yard or whatever you made? Yeah, that would have been. I think that one at their direction. Yeah. You know, we talked about it last week that we're going to spend this off season yeah. talking about is Blair Walsh the guy? Is is he the guy? What is what's our stance here? What I, they got to get rid of him, right? I mean, Zimmer's going to get rid of him. I, I really I know don't. He's got the contract. I know. I don't think so, man. I don't I, think they'll get rid of him, but you almost wish they would just for his own mental health. Yeah. Just for so every sake, time for our sake, for the team's sake, for Zimmer's sake, I mean, for everybody's sake, they just they can't, they got to move on, right? It was like Gary Anderson who missed a field goal and just left football. And but he was Gary Anderson was fifty-seven years old. Yeah. Gary Anderson was 40 when it happened. Yeah. I mean, that was sort of the right movie. 40, he disappeared. That, that's an old 40, even 20 years ago. That's like... 
He was an old for he was an old man. I'm forty. Yeah. I don't Gary you're Anderson. You're forty. The best thing about Gary Anderson was he had very clearly never lifted a weight or for <laughs> no, exercise no. in his barely life. jog. <laughs> yeah. No. He, he just he looked is. like an accountant, except that he was a kicker on a pro football team. Mm-hmm. The he hardest work one of those like charity auctions. He'd be a kicker for a week in the NFL, <laughs> <laughs> and they just forgot to cut him. Yeah, um, I know. I mentioned this to Clarence on Twitter. I think the Vikings need to bring in an actual competitor in camp, not just like a gym teacher from like Welcome Lake Crystal or whatever. They need to actually have an actual, you know. And I'm going one him. step further. Are you? Saying, Are you? I just think they got to. For everybody's sake, including Blair Walsh's, they just got to move on. I don't I understand. You, you, like you're, you, you got there because you've seen you did that research project, the Clarence Swamp Town I did a, research, I did a research project. project. I can't even believe I did it, but I did it. <laughs> you guys want to hear about it? I yeah, please do. I'm super curious because I don't. This is very out of the blue to me that you think that he should be go to a different team just because of one kick. Or was, was so he, I did a little research. I started with. Uh, in the modern era of the NFL, kickers who missed big playoff field goals, end of the game, game losing field goals. So that that's where I started. I just googled uh, biggest playoff field goal misses, and I ignored kind of the old ones. You know, and they really don't have any. You know, back yeah. Norwood was kind of the first one, but pre Norwood. And, he, and before that, you know, you had... Gero, your premium, and then the 74. Yeah, I mean, these guys were... There was just a different era. Missing a playoff field goal was not the biggest uh, letdown of their lives. These guys were offensive tackles and kickers. <laughs> yeah, or, smoking a cigarette. You know, like Tom Dempsey, who was born without half his foot and no hand. You know, missing a field goal was not, like, the biggest fucking deal in his life. Or, uh, you know, they were fucking the Korean War. I'll be fine. Biggest, he's not going to get rattled by missing a, a field goal when he, you know, firebombed a whole fucking village 30 clicks southeast of Seoul. It's just not, it just doesn't, he's not going to be crying like Blair Walsh did in his locker. This is not the way they were built back then. Um, so it's really just the modern era is what I researched, starting with, with Scott Norwood, and what I wanted to look at is how did they do the season after they missed that big field goal? And so, how many were six, there? There was about six. So guys this is that missed in the playoffs. In the playoffs, nobody that like missed a kick to go to the playoffs. No, I couldn't. I I think maybe my Google search because I said biggest missed field goals in the NFL playoffs. Uh-huh. Okay. I didn't like, it wasn't like to go to the play. It wasn't biggest missed field goals or anything. That's not what I Googled. Right. Biggest missed playoff field goals. So I found six. Okay. And we can go chronologically. Well, how about we start with the bright spots? Two- all right. Oh, go ahead. No, I said, all right, let's do it. Okay. Bright spots. The bright spots. Two of those four guys, two of those six guys weren't complete disasters. There was Vanderjack. If you remember, wasn't that yeah. where uh, he missed the kick and Peyton Manning was like fucking kickers or stupid kickers or something like that? That was the one that he kicked and it actually landed out of bounds. He missed it by <laughs> he missed it by like sixty yards. Yeah, oh five, I think it was AFC Championship game. Um, the next season he was, and I looked just at field goals, not extra points. He he was twenty three of twenty five the next season, ninety two percent. Very good. That's yep. very good. 
Now, like, a year after that, he was basically out of league, washed out of league at 36. But um, you can't blame that one kick. But I don't know if that was related to one kick. It's not he, like uh, a year he later, he's older. like, oh, fuck, I just realized I missed that. So he is kind of the, he is what you hang your hat on. He's the nail you hang your hat on that you're hoping Blair Walsh can rebound and be Van, Mike Vanderjack. Nate Keating is the other one. He missed the big field goal for North Turner, 2010, for San Diego no in the more. playoffs. Keating was 28, so he's relatively young, like Blair Walsh. Blair Walsh is 25. The next season after he missed the field goal, he was 23 of 28 in field goal attempts. Not great, but not bad. But those could have been like 50 yarders, right? That's like 82%. That's actually not bad. That's a pretty good percentage, 23 of 28. Now, okay. the next season he got hurt like, first game of the season. Or I think against the Vikings, he like blew his knee out or something. Yeah, and that was it. for his Basically for his career, he kicked like five more times or something like and that. I'm just happy about that because he was an Iowa Hawkeye. Yep, Iowa Hawkeye. He is back in like Iowa City. Like, he's, he's thrilled that he's hurt. Like a city manager or something in Iowa City. Yeah. But the, so he's the other good example. So you um, either want it to be Vanderjack or Nate Keating is what you're hoping Blair Walsh becomes. Two, I think. Yeah, I think they won't because they'll be indoors next year. And Blair Walsh was exceptional in the Metrodome. He was really, really good in the Metrodome. I think that will be what keeps him here. Um, and I honestly, although I think that he should have some competition for just that, the sake of what happens if he just is a mess mentally. Um, I. think think that he will stick and um but boy yeah i the the things that clarence pointed out to me i have well hang your hat on that okay so those two do not have mental issues and they were young so that's good scott norwood infamous 1991 super bowl against the giants missed field goal the next season he was 18 of 29 was that bad for that era, though? He also kicked a super clutch well, playoff basically, to get to the league. Super Bowl the following year. Yes, it was Redemption bad. Has a 62%. Name. That name is Walsh. Um, <laughs> I can hear PA saying that. But Scott Norwood, the one that he missed, I didn't realize this. I just saw a 30 for 30 the other day. Um, yeah. It was actually a pretty difficult kick for him. Like It was at the very far range of what he's been able to kick, and it was weather-wise not easy. I thought it and was a chip the, shot, but looking back on it, it wasn't. That's why I was because it was like a 48-yard field goal back in the era that 48 yards was an impossibly long distance to kick a field goal. And he was one of those guys who was accurate up close and had no leg at all, so it was really yeah. going to be hard for him. But then the following year, he kicked the field goal to go to the Super Bowl, like a super clutch field goal. So that's something, right? I mean, he didn't totally break down, although he's still not over it. I was watching this 30 for no. 30, and they brought it up, and he started crying again. Do you want Blair Walsh to go 18 of 29 in field goal attempts next season? No, but I also don't want him to play football in 1991. So, And what if those were all like 53-yard attempts? Probably not. Oh, but Christ's sake. Gary Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> 19 of 30 the next season, 63%. From a wheelchair. 19 of 30. He was bad. In 1999. Now, he had some good seasons after that, but the season immediately following was pretty rough. So he was bad, but he was good after 99? Uh, He was okay after 1999. I mean, again, he was 
40 years old. Yeah, no, that's why I'm surprised. Yeah. So he he had a... It's not like he went on for another seven years and had a wonderful career. He had like maybe one more okay year, maybe two. But he was in the twilight of his career. So you can throw that year out too. Fine. Doug Bryan, 2005, New York Jets. Doug Bryan. The next season, he went one for four, and they cut him, and his career was over. Well, that's something. And you're at age 3-5, so again, advanced age. Okay. And Doug Bryan is the source of the Joe Sensor. He missed again! (laughs) That's that guy. Yes. Wow, good pull. Billy Cundiff, 2012, so not long ago. Missed the uh, field goal for Baltimore, the Ravens. The next season, seven for twelve, yeah. cut. Basically, his career was was done. Also, so Cundiff's been out of the league for that long, huh? Huh. Okay. All so, right. So, so basically, bag. what you're saying, Clarence, is that there's the odds of Blair Walsh, based on past experience, the odds of Blair Walsh being good next year are roughly equal to the chances that he will be cut during the year next year. If you're taking these six as yeah. As a, yes, just using these six and half of that these guys are forty years old. In, in twelve after twelve field goal attempts or less, because it happened to two other guys that were thirty-five years old. Yes, now small sample size. It's not like there are it's a billion guys that have missed big field goals in the NFL playoffs either. So, so were any of were were these all game losing? Yes. Okay. All right. And all just the playoffs. I'm wondering if we can kind of get a few more examples to see how... how You may. I mean, you're free to... Everybody is free to do their own research. I just spent 20 minutes looking back at the biggest ones. Because this is, this is a relatively big one. I mean, I do think this is one people will at least talk about for a few more years. I think people still remember the Cundiff one. Yeah. Yeah, possible. Um, Walsh was. How was his performance considered? You guys paid closer attention to me uh, in the regular season. I know he missed a bunch of uh, extra points early in the season. Um, was he considered league average, or is he a really is he one of the best, one of the worst? What's the the point of view? He did well on field goal attempts, but yeah, he missed a number of extra points. Okay. Okay season. I, I don't think anyone was discussing his uh, Pro Bowl uh, yeah. credentials. But no one was discussing cutting him until no. the events of Sunday afternoon. So they were discussing cutting him in the preseason. Yes, they were. <laughs> and he's... Uh, he missed, I think he missed every kick and I think accidentally killed a guy in the <laughs> He had not very bad preseason. I mean, if he has a preseason next Oh God! Like he I did. Can't even imagine it. This, I, I he that, he won't survive. Zimmer yeah. won't let that yeah. be a distraction. Yeah. And again, he, that's he that again is why they they have to put bring in somebody who's not just a camp leg. They actually have to have a, a plan B. I mean, and I, they just can't have they can't have him. They this is a team that is trying to trend upwards. Everybody is going to be excited about the Vikings this fall. You can't have your kicker be a distraction. You can't. You can't have that be the biggest thing your team is talking about. 
Why would the team kicker. be talking about the kicker? The team's never that's talked about the kicker. Because that's what the media does. That's the way that life is. You can say that it's crazy all you want, but the first extra point he misses against some goofy fucking game against the Bills in August, it's going to be sharks just circling around him, and that's all anybody is going to be talking about. But how does that affect how anybody else does their job on the team? It's like, I, yeah, fuck it, I don't know. It's sports. I don't know, man. I, I'm having a hard time understanding how... I mean, this it was a huge kick. It was brutal, but maybe he... I mean, obviously, kickers are... There are guys who are all, all pros, and the next year, they're out of the league. I mean, this happens every year. There's a guy like this, right? And a guy who's been out of the league for four years comes back, and he's amazing again. So I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but I think the the missing the one kick to... We don't have, want him on the team anymore... You know, what are you, you going to draft a guy really early? I mean, there seems to be other free agents. Pick you got to pick somebody else. You just have to. I'm not on board, man. But you paid closer attention to me, so maybe that makes sense. It seems so weirdly reactive to a guy who was good. You know, he was good. He wasn't. He, no, he he was fine. Not not worth being a distraction or lo- or waiting to see. If he if this really bothers him and losing two games because he misses three field goals next year, so you're going to cut him just in case because it happened to Doug o, Doug Bryan or whatever the hell his name was and Billy Cundiff. Those guys. You may think it's crazy. That's fine. I don't. I don't really give a shit. But that's that's the angle I'm taking. You don't want to get cut. Do your job. If I'm going to be this hard on Mike Pelfrey like I was last fall, yeah. and scream at him to do his job. Being an NFL kicker, you you literally have one goddamn job. <laughs> yeah. Being a starting pitcher, you've got a lot more to do. It's a lot more difficult. And their salaries relative to their sports are about the same. What Pelfrey make like $5.5 last year, and Walsh makes like $3 million. I mean, relative to their sports, it's similar salaries. Not at the bottom. Not super high, but... High enough. Right. Do your fucking job. Check well, I mean, I understand the do I your feel job bad thing. for the guy. Yeah. I do. As a person, I feel bad for him. I do, as a human. But, you know, detach yourself and just be a sports fan. Just do it. You don't want to be cut. Go, go catch on somewhere else. I guarantee you someone will give you a chance. Well, of course. He had the most field goals in the league this year. Of course he's going to get a chance. So... I'm just wondering where the other guy is who's better than Walsh. Obviously, if there's a better option. No, you're right. There are no it. other kickers out there. It's uh, He's the only one. There are guys, you know, that are like substitute teachers and just waiting to get a call. They are picked up throughout the year. It just doesn't seem to work out that often. You know, there's these teams who, like, are bringing in a new kicker every week, right? Um, I don't think you want to be that. I, you know. Well, who... You can. You're just saying it's that difficult to find an NFL kicker. It seems not easy. Doesn't seem that simple. But I mean, maybe maybe it is. Maybe there's these like guys coming out of college are just undrafted, and like Stu said, you just bring one of them in, and all of a sudden he's amazing. But I don't know. Doesn't doesn't seem that simple. It's just you'd think there'd be a hundred of them, but there really aren't. There's like twenty, and then you've got. Ten other guys that are just catching on for a team, and they 
they do fine. You can't count on them for a whole lot. I don't know. I maybe I'm wrong. I mean, obviously, like the NFL in general and kicking in particular is not my forte. It just seems like assuming he's going to be a mental case is not. I don't know if I want to put all my eggs in that basket. And I don't know that I want to wait around to see if he's okay and have him cost me two to three games next season. That would be a horrifying season for a kicker. You're right. Okay. So, I, I I need to be done with football talk. This is getting to this. I've had it. I, I've had a mental break. I can't, I can't talk about it anymore. Can we talk about the wild, please? Is that better? Please. No, Brandon's all touchy-feely. He's running a fucking daycare center we got to worry about Blair Walsh's feelings so let's just move on <laughs> I don't want to keep him on the team because of his feelings man I'm trying to good want a good team next year I don't care about his feelings I care about his feelings the same amount that you do all right so do you want to go wild or wolves Stu? what would be the least painful for you wild um the wild I think because I'm at, I, I saw that there was a fair amount of uh content on the our uh pre-show gr- in the green room, that is our uh, emails back and forth to each other. There was a fair amount of content that seemed interesting to see if the uh, Wilder in some sort of weird plateau of some sort. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, I mean... They beat Dallas the other night, and everyone thought, well, that's just the best thing ever, because Dallas is leading the Central in one half. They they pretty much win two out of every three games they play, and so beating Dallas was a big deal. And since that, they came home, and they lost to the Devils, uh, who aren't good, and everybody was hurt. And now tonight, they lost to the Sabres, who are the worst team in the NHL. So, at home, tell me how things are going for the Wild. The, who do the, the Sabres have like a stud, don't they? Yeah, they got a couple of young guys. They got Jack Eichel and Eichel. That's who I was thinking. And, Eichel. Okay. Yeah. Not like that excuses anything. I just was curious. No, they, they, they are they better just, than they were last year. Yeah, they yeah, just did the same thing they always do. Is they just don't show up. This supposedly veteran-led team apparently needs to be down three goals in the first period to Buffalo to actually start playing hockey. Is it like it drives me nuts? Is it obvious watching it that guys just aren't? aren't hustling or not it's how do you not show up in hockey well it's obvious in the sense that they're not getting any shots on net and their buffalo at one point was literally skating circles around them just skating circles around the net and (laughs) holding the puck while all the wides all of the wilds old players just stood there okay bad that sounds bad they had their their second goal. They threw a puck on net, and Suter was standing in front of Dubnik, screened him. The puck hit Dubnik and bounced right to somebody. And Suter, instead of moving either skate, just 
tried to slash the guy before he scored on the rebound. It oh, was boy. an amazing lack of effort. It, I guess the excuse that they keep trying to put out there is, oh, they, they've had to play so many games and they haven't had any practice time. Well, you know what? That's what happens when all your all of your players are 33 years old. They're going to get tired. Maybe you shouldn't have built a team where all of your the guys you were going to put on the ice all night are over the age of 30. Maybe that wasn't such a great idea. Right, you're going to have these losses on the schedule throughout the season just because of that, right? Maybe not this specific one, but the older... I think it's similar to basketball, too. The older your roster, the more likely you're going to just throw a few away in the regular season. That's the that's the risk you run. Is that true? I I think it's probably true. But yeah. theoretically, you can at least come and put a good effort together, but... I just want to break out a wild talk for a second to note that I was sitting here and I watched the Wolves lose and then I flipped over to the Wild and watched them lose. And I thought, oh, I'll turn the channel over to go for basketball and just see oh, God. <laughs> see how they're doing. And they're playing at Nebraska tonight. And so everyone thought, well, maybe this is a chance. Nebraska's not good. Maybe this is a chance for the Gophers to get off the schneid and get a win. Give it the to current me, score was six minutes left in the game. Uh-huh. Nebraska 80, Minnesota 42. No way. Yeah. Nebraska went on a 29-4 to four run oh, in the first half. They're losing by 40 points in Nebraska. They don't have basketball in Nebraska. There's Nebraska. no buildings with a 10-foot rough. You shouldn't lose 40 points by 40 oh. points in a basketball game to a football school. It just doesn't seem like it's... There are high school teams in Nebraska that would lose to that team by less than 40 right no, they're bad they've never oh. they've never been good they're, they've always been bad after after every loss and uh, another year should be added to richard patino's contract another year that he has to stay here and deal with this yeah my god what a disaster so far well i mean isn't the uh the company line is that you got to give him next year when his recruits start playing that seems to hit he has a good recruiting class coming in that seems to be the Thing, but if God, if you're losing by forty, I was going to say even becoming average would be like uh, that's a forty point swing. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> just also and again, again, um, the other argument is or a different part of that argument is that well, who's going to fire him? Yeah, that's true. There's nobody there to fire him. <laughs> Everyone's handsy, so they all got fired. So I mean, <laughs> all right, we don't have to talk over basketball. I just. Had to mention that the no, you have yeah. I mean, that, I think we were going to do the bit like we did last week, but I mean, that's that is extraordinary circumstances. I was expecting a lopsided score as you brought it up. I knew there was something. I was not expecting eighty to forty-two. No, no. That's, I was that's expecting sixty-four forty-seven. Yeah. Oh, they're losing by seventeen points in Nebraska. Oh, that's yeah. terrible. Oh boy, yeah, something like that. That not, would still be like, oh my god. Um, I have a I have a, a piece of uh, in, intel from a. Friend of the program, Giles Farrell. Okay. I'm going to call him Giles, though. Giles. Yeah, that's a good um, idea. Yeah, yeah, you should not be pronouncing Giles names Farrell. correctly this is on me, this podcast. This is me stirring it back to the wild here, because, you know, as yep. uh, as as noted by uh, Clarence Wamptown, I am Mr. Puck. Noted Puck. Mr. Hey. Puck. And, uh, Mr. Puck. Um, Charlie Coyle's been the best player on this team for a couple weeks now. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. Oh, okay. There. I just wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to quote something to make it sound like I was paying attention. Is he <laughs> one of the young guys? I yeah. think he's, he's, yeah. one of, he's one of the kids. All right. Surprisingly, a guy under the age of 30 seems to still have some energy left. Hmm. So there's the veteran sycophancy does not apply to Charlie Coyle. How are the other kids doing this season? Uh, I think they're improving slightly. Is that fair? To say? Oh, yeah. Should we go one by one? Baby steps. Sure. Yeah, I want to hear it. 
there's no there's no, no other sports until April. So yeah, we, yeah, I fucking uh, start with their bio. Yeah. Grandland has uh, started slow. Has picked picked up what November December. January is kind of plateaued, I think, a little bit. So he's, add them all he up. Really has not done a lot this year. I he is, you know, you need a guy, your one of your top two centers, to score some goals. Yeah, for Christ's sake, he's kind of score more. He gets his assists. He doesn't. He doesn't put the puck in the net, as I like to say. Do you want me to run down the list of some of the wild guys who have the same number or more goals than Mark Mikhail Granlund does this year? No, I don't Ryan, want. Ryan Suter has more goals than Granlund. Oh, don't. Why are we? Don't. Be t- Jason Pominville, he of the un- inability to score, has more goals. Than oh no! Oh no! Marcos Candela, who can do nothing but shoot the puck at the thousand miles an hour in a direction that he can't pick out. There's dissension in the clubhouse. Than <laughs> Ryan Carter, who hasn't scored four goals in an entire damn life, has nope. four goals. We're gonna need He's a players-only meeting after this. Wiper Lake Minimite. Four goals. <laughs> that was his highlight. <laughs> All right. So beyond that, Carl. So Grandland? Question mark. Coyle. Good. What about well, Grandland's uh, okay because he does have his assists, but you need him to get more goals. Yep. Um, it, Zucker has played all right. Uh, He's our guy. Around right? the lineup a little bit. Uh, slowed down lately. Uh, hasn't scored lately, uh, but it was hot early. Uh, Nino is okay. Again, Nino's probably another. Doing- Nino's doing the same thing he always does, which is he'll go five games where he scores seven goals, and then he'll go 14 games without a point. Streaky That's is what right. I call him. Streaky. Yeah. Uh, who else am I missing for forwards? You know, Fontaine's not a young guy. Hall, we always think of Fontaine as a young guy, but he's 32. Yeah, he's not young. Is, it, uh, is, is Mike Riley young? Mike yeah. Riley is young. He's okay. played two games, so I don't, <laughs> I don't really know. This is third NHL game tonight, but good job, Brandon. No, I knew he had just gotten called up, but I wasn't sure if he was uh, like a young guy or if he was one of those kicked around the league for a few years and we just picked him up because he used to be on the Gophers. Sorry. No, he's yeah. a college guy, so he's 23. Okay, okay, good. Um, you know, if we want to go to defense, Brodeen's having a bad year. Jonas Broden, yep. All right year uh, for him. Uh, Dumba, I, you know, they still just kind of ease him in. He's not one of their top four, so they just kind of ease him in. Um, who am I missing, John? I feel like I'm missing that's, people. That's about it for the young guys, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so we nope, talked about Coyle. Coyle is in the in the midst of a streak, but, you know, we the season's not over yet. It's not like he came out of the blocks just doing well, yeah. so... We could say he's doing the best of all of them. He is right now, but we could have said somebody else. You know, we could have said Zucker if this was November. Yep. Um, we could have said Scandella. I think he had about a two-week streak there earlier in the season. So um, they are streaky, but that's incons- that's young players. They're inconsistent. Uh, the guys that get the bulk of the minutes, you know, Parisi and Suter, I think, are having good years. John, I know you just kind of ripped on Suter for a play tonight. Yeah, but, I mean, Suter's having a good year. He's a good player. He's a good but. Year. He's, he is a good player. Suter and Parisi are having good years. You know, in, in our show prep, we talked about what, what are the wild. Yep. What should they do? Uh, arguably, they're having, you could argue, you could legitimately say they are having the best season they've ever had in franchise history. You could say this, you could say this is the best team they've ever had in franchise history and make a legitimate argument mm-hmm. for it. 
I've lost track of what they're on pace for, but they are. If they are not on pace for the having the best record they've ever had, they're very close to that. <laughs> they mentioned this about five times during the broadcast, and I. Every I'm time the Wild listen to the broadcast, so I don't. I don't every really. Time the Wild together another anemic shift and got trapped in their zone, and Buffalo had a line change while keeping the puck in the Wild zone. They throw up this graphic and be like, "Oh, the Wild are on pace for 102 points this year. What a season!" Uh, well, Etc. There, so where I was going is the other side of that coin is it feels like they're in a rut. It, it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like they're the best team in franchise history. They're because like, like open marriage or some sort of you know. Butt stuff. Try something new. But, yeah, uh, lube. Know. One of those lubes from Sex yeah. World. Yes, well, try it. Double header, big old floppy. Just <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, mix her up. I don't know. Bring in another guy. No, um, another girl. Doesn't matter. Try that. Whatever. Try that. That's cool, man. That's cool, man. Whatever. Um, they haven't separated themselves as one of the elite teams in the league again. They're once again in the middle of the pack. They may be at the top end of the middle of the pack. But they're in the middle of the pack in the conference. So yep. the question is, do you do what they always have done? Make a the trade deadline's coming up in seven weeks. Do they do what they always do and have kind of like a mediocre... Yeah, they trade a second-round pick for a fourth-line winger. For Matt Molson. Yep. Yeah. Or Sean, Sean Bergenheim. Yeah, Tony McCormick, he's really going to change things. I've never do heard of any of those like players. That non-splashy move like they always do and pray for the best in the playoffs and maybe you knock off a St. Louis like they did last year and then ultimately get knocked out by Chicago because you're not good enough. Is that what they want to do again? Pray that they finally get over the hump? Or do they want to mix it up? Use the defensive depth that they have to to make a, a splashier move because they have no other chips. Defense is what they got. Spurgeon, Brodeen, Dumba. Moving guys like that, that's the trade chips that they have. They don't have any draft picks. We just talked about Bergenheim and McCormick and and Molson and the picks that they gave away for those guys. Um, yeah, Iowa doesn't have any help. They, those are no, There's no trade chips in Iowa. Yeah, Iowa Iowa's sucks. not even a hockey team anymore. Iowa sucks. Iowa, the Iowa Wild doesn't get much attention here in town, but... Uh, they are what the Rochester Red Wings were to the Twins a few years ago, where they're just pathetic. And <laughs> Des Moines just has to be pissed. Like, that, what are you guys doing? Because this team sucks. And remember when Rochester was pissed at the Twins because the team just absolutely <laughs> sucked with, back when Bill Smith was running things? Um, what is minor league hockey typically? Is it the turnout's okay? Is it similar popularity-wise? I don't know. I have That's no clue. You can tell me there are twelve people or twenty five thousand people showed up, and I there's believe. a. Um, I'll forward it to you, Brandon. There was a great article by a Twitter follower friend of mine, uh, Jason Cohen, who wrote about Texas minor league hockey. It's just kind of the wild west of minor league hockey. The people they're really really into it, but uh, you have to be pretty dedicated, I think, to be a hockey fan or a hockey player in Lubbock, Texas. Yeah, Those true. Those are unaffiliated, like the St. Paul. Yeah. They're more like St. Paul Saints. So it's just unaffiliated fighting, with the team. Right? Just craziness. Yeah, it's more yeah. goofy. The average, yeah, the average it, it attendance usually get in the in the American League for hockey is about five thousand. Okay, that's about what you get in most of these towns, and it's in sort of medium towns like Scranton and Bakersfield, California, baseball? and stuff. Yeah, which, like which double A baseball. 
Yeah, yeah. Saints are not quite triple A, probably yeah. closer to double A. Yep. They have maybe halfway between double A and triple A baseball. Yeah. That's about right. So that's that the question sense. at hand that we're going to find out over the next seven weeks. So what would you do? What would Clarence Swamptown do right on the organization? You win the lottery, you win the $1.3 bill, and you immediately say, I'm buying them. I'm buying the Wild. Changing the name to the North Stars. Come sue me. I've got the money, and I'm taking over tomorrow. The one thing we didn't talk about is their lack of cap space. And they got, they're like one, less than $1 million. No, they're, they're up to the four. Cap. They're up to four million away from the cap this year. They're up to four. Ooh. Yeah, they could actually make a trade this year. It's not like other years where if they wanted to make a trade because someone got hurt, they also had to kill someone. <laughs> hmm. That's surprising. <laughs> you know I thought they were a far less. They're, they're, I'm going to check one of the nearest to the cap, but they managed to stay out of complete salary cap jail like they have been in past years. But still, they're not making it rain anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, but it, they don't have $20 million or anything to actually do anything with that cap room. So, okay. Their their options are limited. Yep. They don't have, they're not going to have the space anytime soon to sign anyone. They can't really just they can't dump all these old guys with bloated contracts. Like, how long is Pominville's contract running? Does he have three more years after this? Yeah, like year? three more years. And you know, people rip on uh, Backstrom. You know, they they point to the reason why the Wild have no cap space or limited cap space. And Backstrom's the whipping boy, and deservedly so. He he doesn't play, and he makes like five million dollars. Uh, that's ridiculous. That's mm-hmm. Brandon. I'm like Jason Zucker makes like nine hundred thousand dollars. Yep. And Baxter makes five and hasn't played a minute all season long. Jesus. He's like the fifth or sixth highest guy, paid guy on the team. He's their Mike and Wallace. And, you know, it, that'll happen like a guy gets hurt, like in Alaska, where he gets hurt. He's highly paid, but gets, that's one thing where he doesn't produce because he's hurt all the time. Backstrom isn't good enough, just doesn't play. That's, <laughs> they so they point to him, but. They literally can't send him to the minor leagues. They can't convince him to go to Europe or something like that. They just have to sit there and keep him on the roster and never put him in the lineup. Wow. But, so they can't, yeah, yeah it's not like NFL they can cut him and recoup some no, of the... they'd get rid of him if they could. It's guaranteed money. Okay. They tried to They tried to get rid of him both of the last two off-seasons, but he was hurt, so they couldn't. <laughs> All right, amazing. that's a bummer. And he receives a lot of heat, but I guess where I'm going with this is, you know, Pommonville makes more money and has done next to nothing and gets premium minutes. He's out there on the power play. He's running the power play. It, it, oftentimes it runs through him on the half wall, and he is doing nothing relative to the minutes he gets and the situations they put him in and the money they are paying him. He does nothing. The power play sucks again, doesn't it? Power play yep. sucks again. and They can't move him. He's immovable. They can't trade him to clear cap space. So they just got to keep running them out there. And so no now, easy answer. No easy way out at all. Everybody talks about Koivu and the, his resurgence. Now, yeah, I, I don't I don't agree. I, I think he is a product, and now he's you know coming back to earth a little bit, and I think he's a product of Nino and Zucker having very good beginnings of the seasons and really feeding him. And once those guys slow down, then Koivu's done. He can't do anything on his own. And for everybody that loves him, and I know there's 
they're listening, they're probably yelling at me, and that's, I understand, but tough. Put them up on the trade block. See what you get. See what you get for Miko. If you, if you think you know he's so great, and see what the rest of the league thinks of him and the salary he makes. Third highest paid guy on the team. Suter's doing his job, make, producing for the money he gets. Uh, Parisi's doing his job. Put, put those guys up on the market. You'll have a Suter immediately for the money they make. Put, put Miko on the block. See what you get. You're going to talk about up against the cap space. Your number one center is not giving you what you need for the money that he makes. And he is getting premium minutes. He's out there on three on three. You, you want to talk why, why they're so bad in overtime? Let, let's start looking at the guys that they put out there, like Miko, who was responsible for the, the loss that they had in overtime against Philadelphia. He's the reason why. They, I mean, the decision he made, he's supposed to be captain and a veteran. He's not supposed to make decisions like that. Yet he'll get. Yet he'll just continue to get those minutes. So you, you want to talk about the reasons why they're in the position they're in? It's it's because of guys like that. And uh, what you do about it, I don't know. Well, I hope you win the lottery and can can really dig into it. I even if I he did, too. even if he did, there's nothing he can do. They're up against, they're up against the cap. I I found a better source for cap numbers here. I was looking at an, another one that said they had four million in room. This one says they have a half million dollars a room. Well, that's what so, I thought too, John. That's where I was. Right. Is that they had under a million in caps. I think my numbers and they're still in the same situation. Like if Ryan Suter gets hurt, they're going to have to murder Jared Spurgeon to get <laughs> under the cap. <laughs> Sorry, Jared. Oh Jesus! Jared gets in the car like a like an yep. old dog. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what's going on. Going up no, we're going to go for a drive out in the country, Jared. You love Canada. We're going to drive up there. Never made it. Nope. So, so they're screwed, and there's nothing to be done about it. And they're the good, the only good current team right now. They're a good LA. team. I, I, I feel like we're. I'm probably ripping on them more than they deserve because they are a good team. Clarence, did you did you feel like they missed the, missed out on trading for Ryan Johansson? Was that something that you would have wanted them to do to? trade one of their young defensemen for a guy who actually can score some goals? I would have done it, but uh, it's not like I'm screaming at my computer that they didn't. Mm-hmm. I, I do understand why they why they didn't. But young goal-scoring centers, and the type of center he is, a, a larger one. They have guys like Granlund, small yeah. centers that are fast and Little skilled. Fella. What they don't have, and Miko is isn't small, but he's. I don't think he's intimidating anybody. Um, Johansson, <laughs> yeah, he's just big. He's not. He's not hard to handle or anything. Physical. No, Johansson is the kind of guy. Um, is the kind of center I think they. I wish that they had a young, large, skilled guy. So he'd be good to get. But uh, I would have made that move. Yes. That's the kind of ripple I'm talking about. Yep, yep. Using defensive depth to gain a young, skilled, up-the-middle player or a right wing that can take the minutes from Pominville that Pominville's currently getting. But I don't know how they get there without, like you say, driving Spurgeon out to the, to the woods. I just, I don't know. What, what can you do? I don't know. This is the corner they painted themselves into, so yeah, I they, think they're going to... 
they built this team entirely believing that all of these moves would lead to them being good, and they just didn't make it all the way to good. And so now you just, I guess you just have to sort of wait for well, they're everything good. to peter out. Yeah, I mean, all the yeah. way to, I guess by good, I mean really good, like Dallas this year or Chicago every ceiling. Year. It seems yeah. like the ceiling is the issue. They, I think it is, yes. They fired every bullet left in their gun, and now they're just... Throwing guns. Yeah, the Blackhawks are still... <laughs> yeah, they're, they're throwing guns. <laughs> That's all they have left. Chuck fired every bullet in the gun and then threw the gun, and now he's picked up a small twig on the ground and is trying to bend out the Blackhawks at that. That's sad. Uh, best of luck. You know, now, and now the Blackhawks are, are heating up. They might be the best team in the league. Now, where a month ago you could say, you know what, there really isn't like a just a, a juggernaut of a team. Dallas, I think, is good. I, I you know, extolled the virtues of Ben before the season, and he's proven himself to be a superstar in this league. But does Dallas like, oh, my God, I hope we don't play Dallas in the playoffs. All stars. No, they don't. They don't terrify me. No. The team can beat. So this, but now... Chicago's heating up, and now here we go again. Fuck, they're going to end up playing Chicago in the playoffs and losing, and uh, there we are, another another year closer to death. Yep. That's a great way to wrap it up. We're at almost an hour. We need to do some other quick hits, so let's uh, let's move on. Um, John, you and I read the article uh, this week from Britt Robson and the Min Post, uh, an interview with Sam Mitchell, which was – a uh, very interesting article. I think even if you're not really into basketball, just hearing how one of the head coaches in in a professional sports league goes about his business, it was incredible that he has binders for every player that walks through their conditioning program and how many free throws they should be making every practice and how many three-pointers they should be shooting and how many they have to make, and they document all of this for end-of-year reviews. It was just very, very odd uh, and interesting and I think it shows that Sam Mitchell is a much harder worker than I think anybody thought any head coach. I, I didn't, didn't think that was a part of any head coach's job, but um, so I thought it was interesting. Um, so I, he obviously it sounds, is. It sounds like the kind of things that a really good assistant coach would do. Yeah, I, maybe he isn't doing that, and and he's just has the. It's just you know he's like. Again, if you're an old school guy, you probably love him more than anything because he's like, the binders are what I do. I have always used binders with my guys, and we're going to keep using binders. And, you know, it's just First day he came in and was like, hey, where's the supply closet? Where are the binders? <laughs> we're like, what? We, we, we have computers. Well, where's we the fucking hole punch, man? I'm, I need to get my binders together. I need a hole punch. Where's the hole punch at? I need the binders and a whole bunch of markers. That's how I do the side charts. I do markers in different colors. Brass tacks. Where are the brass tacks? I love the brass tacks. That's what I use. Uh, anyway, um, you know, he's into that sort of old school mentality and teaching these fundamentals of how to set screens and all that. But yeah, you just think like that's for other people to do. You mm-hmm. need to worry about putting an offense together. So he is working hard and I, um, there's somebody on Twitter that I follow. I don't exactly remember who it was. Some one of the basketball fans that I like that said, you know, uh, Towns and Wiggins and Levine and Shabazz and all these young guys are going to look back on working with 
Mitchell as being a really big positive for their careers. I I totally believe that. I think that's that's very yep. true because he is trying to teach them some of the fundamentals that they maybe uh, didn't learn. But I wish he would worry more about installing an offense that wasn't predicated on long twos and no threes. I mean, it's I know he mo- knows more about basketball. Uh, he's forgotten more about basketball than I've ever known. I get it, but. That, to me, seems like what he should be focusing on, and it seemed clear, at least in this first part of this interview, that he didn't seem to be... He seemed to be focusing on a little bit more of, like, the micromanagement sort of aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, it was, like... It it was definitely an absolutely fascinating description from him. Like, he was talking about Zach Levine and Kyrie Irving and noting that Irving always leans into his defender and then takes two quick steps away to get open, to get the ball... And Levine just sort of runs to a spot on the floor and stands there. Yeah. And so it's really easy to guard him, whereas it's harder to guard Irving because he's going to lean on you and then he's going to sort of shove you. And you, you can't deny him the ball that way. He and sees those, those things little, in the game yeah, and we don't see them. Fascinating. But he's also the head coach and hasn't learned that having his guys take one dribble in from the three point line and shoot from there is not a good strategy. It seems like he gets caught oh. up on those things. Remember he ranted about Levine throwing a bounce pass when it should have been a high lob pass? Yep. And it's like, uh, it's just one pass, man. I mean, I get it. I know that it's and – he, and he talks about it almost every interview. These guys don't know fundamentals. They, I don't know who their AAU coach was. He's not teaching them anything. It's like, I get it, dude. It's frustrating. It's a new world now. You got to, you know. But Yeah, it's it's absolutely true, but he's just – He's an infuriating head coach. Yes. Or they could learn fundamentals. They could. Yeah, and I hope they do learn fundamentals. Just not in the, the middle of the season. They learning these fundamentals. And it would be awesome if the Wolves had a guy on the staff like Sam Mitchell, who played in the league for a long time, to teach them all these things. That's good. Uh-huh. But you well, also who are their assistant somebody, coaches? What are they doing? You also need somebody to coach the team. I don't know. Who are their assistant coaches? Still Reggie Thief. Sidney Lowe. <laughs> Ryan Saunders, Ryan Saunders, I think, is still on the staff. Yeah, I, I don't know. How, I mean, you know, it, it's similar to probably other uh, other leagues where a lot of the head coach is also not. It's less doing and more telling your guys what to do, right? Because you're in charge yep. of you're in charge of everything. And he seems to me to be a guy that just is is in teaching him again how to set a screen, the angles. I know that that stuff's important. I'm sure it is, but it's just odd to not folk to to. All of that, the results are just not there. They weren't there with Toronto. They're not there this year either. So you'd think different, trying different things or something, but it's it doesn't seem to be happening. So um, to go back to what we said last week, I really think the solution is Sam Mitchell be the assistant coach and then get Cheryl Reeve in there to scream at the ref and design an offense. Yes, perfect, love who's it. Gonna that be, who's going to be better than that? I mean, definitely Joe Ergen. the terrifying coach in basketball. <laughs> yeah. Even Greg Popovich is like, dial it down. Yeah. Just dial it back here a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That would be good. They talk a lot about um, some of these coaches. There's Scott Skiles in uh, in Orlando. The, the team has a pretty good record, but he's the polar opposite of Mitchell. He has no interest in coaching young guys. He just doesn't play them. He's like, I don't give a shit. This guy isn't good enough to play for me. He can work in practice to try to get better, but he's not playing in games for me. Um, so, you know, there's it's pick your poison in a way with, with this team. I don't think anybody thought that they were going to be a ton better than they are. But, you know, I think they're leaving five, five six games in the table this season because of, uh, because of the way Mitchell coaches. But, again, what the fuck do I know? Yep. Um, okay. Uh, 
Let's talk uh, twins. <clears throat> All right. So uh, we should also quickly get to a weekend preview. Anybody have anything interesting going on? John, what do you got? Anything? Well, it's Martin Luther King Day weekend, and I I, I have Monday off of work. That's exciting. You're gonna but be it also cool. The weather forecast is such that right as the weekend's beginning, it will go down to forty below zero, and it's going to stay there until work starts again on Tuesday. Correct. A lot of so I plan to just sit in the house, sweating the furnace, <laughs> blankets, and soup. Yeah, that your plan? I I think so. Clarence, how many uh, sports games do you have going? Do you have to show for your kids around to? Six. No, I'm sorry. Seven. Oh, How do do rich people uh, have like nannies or other or are they just is everybody? There's no if solution. You find out. You let me know. I don't know any rich I people. I was just curious if you are they getting shelter? Are they getting? Sh- I don't know. That's just weird. It's insane to me. Six games. Two people. You're just two parents. Seven. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh boy. Okay, so that's so that's your weekend. Stu, you want to do a little <laughs> Stu, you want to do a little weekend recap to talk about what we did over the weekend? Oh, sure. Um uh John and Lisa came up and met Mandy and I and friend of the program uh CD12 Josh and his wife Liz and uh weird cousin Brian and also my kids for a while um went over to the Fiddler's house and we Fondued just about everything in his fridge, drank some beers, and watched the Cincinnati Bengals lose an unimaginably awful playoff game. That sounds like a so fun was, night. It was a good time. How was weird? It really cousin was. Brian. We had a whole still weird. Oh, he was just having. He was just being cousin Brian. It was awesome. So, right. He was yeah. in fine form. Talking about digging, digging wells, and you know, drinking beers and fondue and pizza rolls, <laughs> and you know. The best part about Cousin Brian is that he has absolutely no more idea how the Vikings are doing than who is good at figure skating these days. He just has no idea and doesn't care. <laughs> he just doesn't, yeah, he's, you know, he's more, well, they need to build a well for that, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> They're going to need some wells for that stadium, aren't they? <laughs> what are the... the water bills are going up. They're going to need some wells. What are the top three yeah. things you found, dude? Oh, um, man. Number one. Josh, the, that steak that Josh had. Yep. From, Number one was a steak. Number two was himself. bacon, which is surprisingly good fun, dude. Hmm. Yep. Number three, I think, was summer sausage. Okay. Oh, yeah, I didn't blueberry see that summer sausage. Yeah, that was really good stuff. I think you could have put that in anything and it would have been good. It was just delicious. Yeah. And he, going to Josh's house is fun because he keeps bringing things out of the fridge that you have no mm-hmm. idea that he had planned, but he just wants you to. He wants you to enjoy yourself, and he wants to share, and it's just wonderful there. He's a very good. I very recommend good to every podcast listener to go to, go to Josh's house. I have his address. <laughs> Probably invited. Yep, yeah. It's in Sartell if you guys are in the Sartell area, so we can get you there. Well, Here's if you guys thought that the uh, forecast for Minneapolis was cold this weekend, um, I'm heading to Duluth. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. W- why are you doing this? Oh, shit. Uh, just... Uh, us and two other couples have gone up to Duluth in the winter probably three, four times, so we just figured it's a good time to 
kind of a break in the action wow. for a family things going on. None of us had anything going on this weekend, so we decided to to head up there. So Duluth or like Lutzen, and are you just saying Duluth and really mean like outer Duluth? No, oh, like shore. we're staying in Canal Park. Ah. That'll do it. Putting yeah. the anal in canal. We will. Well, I mean, hopefully, <laughs> you never know. Kids are you away. bringing the kids or no? No, no, no kids. Oh man, so maybe, maybe. maybe. I mean, if it's gonna happen, it's gonna be this Cross weekend. Cross fingers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we'll bring the supplies and see what happens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad she doesn't listen. The supplies? I picture like A team, like BA Baracus, like green military duffel bags. And yeah, just, some apparatus. How many supplies do you have? A couple <laughs> apparatus. Brandon flipped his welding mask down. Never tried it. Let's see what this is. this important? Oh, boy. Um,. Yeah, no, I'm I'm terrified. Honestly, I'm I'm bad in the cold. So it is going to be really cold this weekend. Yeah, I'll yeah. be at a craft beer festival in downtown St. Cloud, but that's, hey. you know that's a that's a five dollar cab ride from my house, so it's hardly a, that's nothing but a thing. That is so. outstanding. That sounds fun. I think that's going to yeah. win. So um, it will be fun. All right, before we go, last thing, Stu, uh, can you give me your top five David Bowie songs? Do you got any off the top oh, of your head? Sure. Should I uh Rebel Rebel, um, Ziggy Stardust, um, Teenage Wildlife, um Fashion, and shoot, let's just say Suffragette City. Yes. Okay. Oh no, I'm sorry, station to station. I forgot station to station. Put that one in there instead of fashion. Oh. That's like a ten minute that's just a banger. So Yeah, okay. Anyway, those are my top five. I was going to talk a lot about David Bowie, but I think I probably won't. Probably not that interesting. <laughs> yeah, we're we're already eighty minutes into it. So Do you have some hot David Bowie takes you want to get out, Brandon? No, I just time. I wanted to talk. I, I I know it's probably pretty goofy for anybody uh, who isn't into David Bowie for all these people to be like, this guy inspired me so much, and it's like inspired you to do what exactly? You live in a fucking suburb, and you know what I mean, like. You are a systems analyst. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I and that's me. That that is that is exactly me when I say he's an inspiration and, and I'm like the most boring, cliched, stereotypical human being on the planet. So um I don't know. No, you're not, and I'll say three nice things. Yep. No, Here that wasn't being self deprecating. I'm saying it absolutely like, was. No, no, no. I'm saying if I if if I gave you a blank piece of paper with like 20 lines on it. And I said, describe a hipster dad. The 20 things you would write down, I'd be like, yep, yep, yep. Check. That's me. That's me. That's me. Also me. Right. So, uh, uh, so that's what I mean by that. I don't, I don't mean to be like, I'm ashamed of myself. I'm doing what I want to do and I'm happy about it. But it's, uh, it's just kind of funny to be like, seeing some of the the antics and the photos and who David Bowie was for someone like me to be like, he was really inspiring. It's probably sounds a little goofy for, for people who weren't really into his music and his art and everything else. But uh, I don't know. He just seemed like a really confident guy and didn't really seem to care about um, trends and everything else. So um, it's just kind of a goofball. Yeah. We like goofball. We celebrate goofballs here. Yeah. Yeah. And a goofball that's uh, one of our favorite things is guys who are goofballs, but don't, that aren't trying to be goofballs, right? That's the best thing ever. It's just like following right. your own path. And he was like the guy that kind of was the the king of that sort of 
people, whether you're weird or not, uh, uh, there's always good to have somebody like that in your life to be like, oh, that guy's just following it. So that was him to me. So. I was, I was going to say that David Bowie was very sportive, but then I realized that somebody like the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo were much more sportive than David Bowie. So Yeah, we should think about musicians who were very sportive um, at, a, at a later date. So uh, Joe Walsh is very sportive. Joe Walsh is very sportive. <laughs> Joe Walsh is very, very sportive. I'll have to look can, into that. I can do 10 minutes on my Joe Walsh is sportive. I want, Smoking Joe? Oh, yeah, he's sportive. I want to know. You know what? I'm, I want to hear it. You don't have to go 10 minutes, but I need a couple reasons. Um, Joe Walsh is sportive because, uh, well, he's he's in the Eagles, for one, <laughs> and he's actually a tolerable human being. <laughs> <laughs> so that's... Um, Let's okay, see, uh, let's do this. So, if the sportive is the Eagles, if the who is each member of the Eagles? Oof! No, oh. boy. No, this is this is going to hurt somebody. This is, this is, Henley this is, is the, no, not Henley. Tears. Fry is the biggest asshole. So that's me, right? Like Fry was the biggest <laughs> prick, or was Henley the bigger prick? The H is. O. I think Henley's the bigger prick. Fry is just kind of a kind of a jackass. Hmm. I don't know. I have to rewatch the Eagles documentary on Netflix. Bring that back for next week. Bring that back for next week. Who is each member? Who is each member of the Eagles in the podcast? Why is Joe Walsh sportive? What else he got? Um, uh, he he uh, put out an album. He like you know as his like you know main job is to put out albums as a recording artist. He he titled the album "Got Any Gum." <laughs> 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 I mean, that is the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it just he's just again a goofy, weird guy out of the Midwest. I think he came out of Cleveland. So just, just yeah, I think Joe Walsh is very sportive. Interesting. I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. Yes. Good. Well, uh, that's my that is my that is my nickel version of that, and I'll maybe expand on it, or maybe completely contradict myself in the future and say that as. Or another thing that we are great at doing is just ignoring. It. That we talked about it, complete drop in a thread completely. Totally, yeah. One hundred and forty episodes without talking about it again. Yeah, Great we can that. do that too. You know what we should talk about? I, 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 I spend a lot of time looking at our Twitter feed, and most of the time, I hope that people are going to tweet in and be like, "Hey, great episode! Really enjoyed it." And we get a little of that, but mostly last week we got tweet after tweet after tweet going. You guys got an ad? There's an ad on your podcast. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. You know what, listeners? Quit asking questions. Jerk off into an envelope, send it to Britain, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then mail me $100. Just just do what you're told. And just quit mail your... it to Queen Elizabeth, Great Britain, mm-hmm. United Kingdom. Get your supplies out. Mm-hmm. Spank it. Get your supplies Welding. What are you welding to our car? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> there was an ad. I heard an ad. I don't know why I'm now <laughs> welding and jerking off at the same time. Do we time. have any stamps? <laughs> I don't know. I do as I'm told. It's so confusing. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we finally found the bottom of this episode. Yep. And that was it. I think we might have. Uh, Okay. So until next week, next week we are going to be going over more uh, 
analytics of uh, histories of oh Stalock, you pussy of kickers like missing important Denver kicks. Goalie. We'll go through that, and then we'll go <laughs> through cursing out Alex Stalock, and then we'll like go through goalie that fucking... college hockey at Duluth, Duluth diving like fucking Luganus. What a pussy. Okay, so next week is we'll talk about uh, Blair Walsh again for forty-five minutes uh, in the first half, and Jill Walsh for forty-five minutes in the back yeah. half. It's all Walsh. <laughs> all Walsh. <laughs> Walsh on Walsh. Brandon's daycare mention, center. Mention listener Steve Walsh if you want to. Or former Creighton Durham Hall quarterback Steve Walsh. So oh, many so Walsh. Wait a second, is that who Steve Walsh? Listener Steve Walsh is. No, I've met I've met him. It's not the same dude. Damn. Uh, all right that will do it for this week uh we love you we miss you uh stay warm stay safe stay alive see you back long winter guys long winter planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 